and welcome back to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. I am Chip Patterson. That is Kyle Porter. We are here. The The calendar year in golf is, is basically uh, pretty much all wrapped up. We had Tiger's event, the Hero World Challenge over the weekend. Uh, lots to get to about that, including uh, a woeful performance from Tiger Woods. Second to last in the very small field. John Rahm is the winner. More on that here in a little bit. Um, so I think that you know, given all of the... And, and I'll, I, I want to get our Tiger conversation started here, Kyle. Uh, I felt like there was maybe not intentional excuse making, but we have learned more and more throughout the media availability around the hero that Tiger Woods, going back to the match, was not dialed in in terms of his game. No, not at all. And he, he, there, there's all these like weird uh, excuses from him. Not not excuses. He, he like just things. No, they that are. He's... They feel like excuses, though. It felt like it was a week of excuse making for why he lost. When he was talking about like his ankles hurting, I was like, "What the hell? Like what? What? What does that mean? What? What are you? What are you? What are you talking about?" Uh, he talked about. Uh, well, he got sick. He said on like Friday night. And I, I don't know. There's just there's a whole lot of it was. It's been a weird couple of weeks with him. I, I don't really know how to interpret it. I, I think the place that I land ultimately is if I was preaching this time last year, and I was, don't buy too much into what he does at the Hero World Challenge, like like in the in the middle of this comeback, or I guess at the beginning of this comeback. Then I can't turn around and say. Oh, but in 2018, you should definitely buy into what's happened at the Hero World Challenge and this match with Phil Mickelson uh, to to determine how he's going to play in 2019. I, I just, I that would be it, it would be unfair to both him and to the situation. But yeah, it, it's been kind of a weird few weeks for for Tiger. What's the as as you were on the 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 full Tiger beat uh, throughout the Hero World Challenge, just specifically in that event, what do you think really stood out to you about either the way he was handling himself, the way his game looked? Um, what what were some of your big Tiger event specific takeaways? Yeah, he two things. He's he's not sharp with his iron play right now. His wedges. I mean, he he had a number of. He had three big numbers, one each on the first three days of the event, and most of them were were chipping issues. And it's not like he wasn't yipping anything, but he was just hitting really bad chips. I mean, just just really poor. Like it, it looked like he hadn't played since the Ryder Cup, and maybe he hadn't. And you know, the thing that I go back to, Chip, like he always talks about this deal about how I got to get my body stronger, I got to get my base stronger, my my whatever. And it's like, well, bro, like you had five top tens over the last three, two or three months of the season, including a win. Right. When you, when you said your body was just nothing and it's like, well, maybe, maybe that was just like, maybe that was a good thing. I I, I don't know. Like that, that's, that's intriguing to me because he's talked about how he's got his body built back up now and, and he goes out and plays terribly at uh, both at the match and at the Hero World Challenge, but he did drive it well. It's it's difficult to determine because you're basically hitting onto you know like runways at <laughs> at, uh, at Albany at the Bahamas. Right. It's not it's not a good barometer for how well you're driving it. But uh, you know that I guess that was a positive if if you're looking for that. I mean, what's the mentality of the the golfers at this event? Because there's money on the line, and and you know you want to win, but you're in the Bahamas, it's a small field. It's absolutely an invitational. Like, I I found myself wondering throughout the weekend. Um, you know, I I think about 
Wasn't Justin Thomas like just purely fine throughout the week? I don't have his scores pulled up right now, but I feel like 70, 70, 70, 70, 70. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of feel like that. I feel like an event like that is just so hard for me to, uh, for me to project too much, which goes back to, you know, what you were saying about uh tiger and the hero last year and what it might mean moving forward. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to, to think that the mindset of a golfer at this time of the calendar year, at this time of the season, and at an event like that, that there's a uh, you want to win because you want to you know shoot it as low as you can. But uh, but outside of that, isn't it isn't it a little bit tough? At least in in what little bit we can do to get inside of the minds of these golfers that live lives completely different, Dars. Yeah, I, I think I think the main thing is like the prep work and the between round stuff. I just feel like you're a little bit ejected from from those kinds of things because you're in the Bahamas, you're probably with family or friends or whatever. And it's like I don't think that their mindset or the way that they perform on the course changes that much. I, I still think they're hyper competitive and doing all the things that they would do at a normal PGA Tour event. I just think when the your putt falls on 18, you're you mentally just are ejected. Like you're just you're out, you know. And then you don't you don't really jump back in until your first shot on the first hole on the next day. Yeah. And so I think I think to me that's probably the main difference. And that, and that then uh, still leaves some takeaways to be had then for like where your swings at, where your irons are, this that or the other. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, for sure. I I think that. It shows just who is playing the best golf right now, and I don't. And and you you've seen that with Rom. He's played really well throughout the fall. He played. I think he finished. Uh, what did he finish? Top five at the uh, the Dubai World Championship, the European Tours uh, kind of end of season event. I think he finished top five. I know Patrick Reed was up there, um, or maybe Rom won it, and then Francesco Molinari ended up winning the. Uh, the race to Dubai. I don't remember. I, I should probably know that, but uh, he's had a good fall and and obviously played great. He's somebody who it just and I know I say this about a lot of guys, but it's true about a lot of guys. Like when he wins, you're like, I I mean, how does he not win every week? Right, it just comes mm-hmm. so easy. And I think this about Tony Finau as well. To have the touch that John Rom has, being that big and and kind of brawny and burly like it, it's really impressive to have such good touch and and you see that you saw that with all the guys that, at the top of the leaderboard i think that about all of them henrik stenson was up there tony fino those are these are big dudes and powerful dudes and they've got great touch and it's really really impressive especially at a place like albany what's the um what what is sort of the Okay, we're, we're going to get into bigger uh, in, in next week and the week after. We're going to get into bigger 2019 preview type stuff. But for John Rahm in particular, before we go back to Tiger and looking back, is is Rahm's game so far this fall in a position where you are going to find yourself crawling back uh, to that to, to that bucket where you and I have both been uh, filling up our glasses throughout the year where it just feels like he is so close uh, to winning a really big event and to making a bigger splash because John Rahm uh, for, for all of his talent still feels like he's a little bit of a, a golf junkies star and a little bit of an outsider. Like we talk about the 12 golfers that matter, the doesn't then matter. I don't know if John Rahm is part of that right now for the average golf audience. I know it's a really good point. And the thing that always impresses me about him is he, he wins all over the world, right? Yeah. He finished 
he finished T4 at the World Tour Championship. Uh, Danny Willett actually ended up winning. But but he was a Spanish uh, Open winner, baby. Do I? He protected the home course with the Spanish Open win in April. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He wins He wins career, bu- career builder in uh, January or February, whenever that was. He goes Spanish Open the week after the Masters in April. And then he wins in the Bahamas. And I think those were his... I think those were his three worldwide wins. He might have had one more. I think he only had three in 2018. But the year before, even, he won Tory. He wins the Irish Open. And then he wins in Dubai. And you're like, this dude, I mean, it, the game travels, obviously. Like, right, just, right, it right. It doesn't matter where he, where he's playing, where he's performing. And, and I think you're right, though. I think, you know, uh, I heard uh, Brendan Porath and, and uh, Andy Johnson had an interesting conversation uh, on the uh, shotgun start podcast about how who like who of the guys in their 20s starting right now December 5th 2018 from this point forward who has the most majors who wins the most majors and I think I don't like I think for the casual golf fan I don't know if that if John Rahm would even be in the conversation I think it'd be I think you'd get a lot of Jordan Spieth you'd get a lot of uh maybe even Rory you'd nope. get a lot of no, Rory. No, he's peaked already. <laughs> I'm talking about the casual golfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're saying uh, from from right now moving forward. Yeah, and I think Rom is like, Rom's like legitimate. And I'm not talking about while they're in their 20s. I'm saying for the rest of their career. Right. And I think I think Rom's at the top of that conversation. I don't know if he's number one for me, but he's up there. I mean, he's he's in the top three, four, five. I don't know, somewhere up there. What do I over under majors one John Rom lifetime three and a half? Yeah, I knew you, I knew you were gonna say three and a half. <laughs> yeah, four four is so many. Four I'll, is I'll so under. many. Yeah, I think he wins two. I think he wins two or three. Okay. I mean, if if you if you end your career with three majors, although I guess Kepka already has three, which is crazy. It's crazy that Brooks Kepka has three majors. I know. It's insane. And still, everyone's treating them like they're regular season titles. I know. <laughs> no, he is. He has won the United States Open twice and the PGA Championship, and everyone treats them like it was the Atlanta Hawks when they got the one seed in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> like this is like, yeah, 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 sure, fine, okay, cool, but you know, I'm still more of a LeBron fan. Yeah, exactly. He uh, has three times as many majors as Dustin Johnson. I know. <laughs> Unreal. I uh, I would yeah I'll go under for John Rom. Okay, and a half. two or three. Who do you think lead? I think Justin Thomas leads that list. That that was their that was who they landed on as okay, well. Cool. Um, I think they're very smart, and so therefore I will pat myself on the back <laughs> for that. Shout out to Brendan Porath and Andy Johnson. Yeah, J, JT. Uh, yeah, he him, that might be it for me too. Although I don't know, I, I feel like we're I feel like. Just I'm just purchasing all of the Jordan Spieth stock right now. Oh, I know because everyone's selling it and you're gobbling people, it up. Yeah, people are just unloading it, and it's like, guys, generationally great, and 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 generationally great in a in a different way than Rory is. Um, he he is long term generationally great. Like he has the swing and the the mentality and the the attributes that you want from somebody whose career is going to last 15 20 25 years. Yeah, the most uh the most surprising but fulfilling narrative 
would be if the winner on that list is Ricky Fowler and he just goes through some just crushing run from age like 34 to 38. He wins like five majors and you're like, wait a second. Oh, Even just winning four, right? I mean, just like even if he won three in five years and you're just like, for all the Ricky, but it would, it would, it would be, it would be incredible. Yeah. The, the boy. Really the, but, yeah. Cause he was the boy, right? He was just the, the kid for so long. And then all of a sudden he just turns into a short California born middle age, just ace and just finds <laughs> something in his game and just dials in and starts crushing people. It's, it's such a fascinating conversation too, because there's so many different names and people in the conversation. I mean, you've got Kepka, obviously you've got DJ could still win a handful more JT Bryson Rom Rory's in there Finau he probably needs to win a full field PGA tour event first right Ricky's up there Xander Fleetwood uh Patty Reed Jordan Spieth and then you've got guys like who are younger and f- and farther down um in the world rankings and guys that aren't even in in the world rankings yet guys that are still in college like my guy uh matthew wolf at oklahoma state so i think i think the conversation is incredibly intriguing i think i'm gonna write about this in the next few days by the way just who who wins the most majors going forward do you want to get your game to a point where you might not be able to win majors but you could at least Get out there and maybe win your local club championship. Maybe you want to go out to the public muni on Thursday night and you want to just take everybody's money. Well, one place that you can work on your game and also have a bunch of fun is at Top Golf because uh, you know your local Top Golf facility. You know that they are the best way to spend some time and play the game of golf. You know, you get to sip, you get to snack, you get to swing, but you can also play better thanks to Top Golf Coach. So if you go to topgolf.com/lessons, you can book a lesson with one of Top Golf's certified instructors. Uh, they are going to make sure that while you are sitting there sipping snacking swinging that you are also getting the tips that you need so that you can walk away from that lesson with some good swing thoughts some good some good things to work on and of course top golf is a place that you can always go uh, to be able to get those cuts in so go to topgolf.com lessons and book a lesson with one of the certified instructors today and if you haven't been to top golf at all make sure that you take some time to go visit the facilities uh, we told you about uh, Adam Azer, um, our podcast boss who went there on a bachelor party, said it was the best event of the entire bachelor party weekend. Everybody had the best time, even people who had never played the game of golf before. So go to Top Golf, but also go to Top Golf to improve your game with Top Golf Coach. Book a lesson today at topgolf.com slash lessons. All right, Kyle, on cbsports.com, you graded Tiger Woods is incredible 2018 comeback. And it was uh it was fascinating because I had a discussion with a, a family friend who was, you know, talking about the golf season and the golf coverage and, and I found myself saying that number one, I think that an A plus goes to Tiger Woods because he won, right? Because yeah. we just got it was, I said whenever he won, it was going to be the biggest story in sports at that moment. And and we got it. And we got, and I hate to sound uh, cynical about this, but we got it out of the way. And when I say we got it out of the way, that means that not only 
Uh, those of us who are, who are tied to tigers every you know breath uh, are able to move on and start to think about what comes next. You know, move beyond that very simple, almost mental block in the conversation about Tiger Woods. We can move on, but so does the rest of the golf world. As now we can start to uh, have a conversation about what this version of Tiger Woods is going to look like, what this era of Tiger Woods' legendary career is going to look like. So as we look back on a season which built up and then you know peaked with that win at the Tour Championship, you know how how did you go about or how did you want to approach? grading his season? Well, I mean, it, it was, I started thinking of these different categories and it was very difficult for me to award anything, but, but A's in, in every category. And you know, a lot of this, I always go back to what are your expectations? Did you meet or exceed expectations? And, sure. and that has, that has so much to do with the way that we view things, not only in sports, but in life. Do you have, if you have low expectations, then an average performance well, it's still average, far exceeds what your expectations were. So you view it in a positive light. And that was that was a lot of what happened with Tiger in 2018. I mean, my expectations were like, don't get hurt. Like that was that was like the baseline for success. We were at finish so, finish events. Like get yeah. four healthy rounds in. And so when he goes out and starts contending, top tenning. Uh, making every cut except for what he missed two cuts Riviera and somewhere else. I don't. What what other cut did he miss? I don't even remember. U.S. Open. For he missed a cut at the U.S. Open this year. Shinnecock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then winning, you're like, <laughs> I mean, this is you know for for a normal PGA Tour player, it was a it was a really good year. And for him, even though his name is Tiger Woods, I thought it was a I thought it was just out of this world. I thought it was magnificent. And uh, I think it's just, it's so hard to properly evaluate him uh, in this stage of his career because on on one hand, over here, we say his name's Tiger Woods. He's, he's the best of all time. And that's true. But on the other hand, we say he's had four back surgeries. He's not supposed to be doing this. And so where where do your where should your expectations actually fall? And I think it's even I think for 2019, honestly, I think it's it's even harder to determine what those expectations should be. Should be should they be the uh, coming back from his fourth back surgery expectations or should they be the he's Tiger Woods expectations? And and if you're meeting in the middle, which I think you should, where is that middle? I right. think that's been that's been a really difficult thing to kind of think about and analyze going into next year. Okay, so uh, as as you broke it up into categories, um, we had what? See, let me pull it up. So we had swing, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I felt like swing we were good with all year. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little uh, not stuck, but just kind of choppy at the beginning of the year, and it got better as the year went on. And this goes back to my thing about like. I know your body got weaker or whatever, but your swing, like, well, I felt like it started looking better. I felt like his distance to the hole improved throughout the year, too. I know. Like, I. Uh, That's anecdotal. I I'm sorry. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say that at the beginning of the year, we were talking about how he was hitting greens, but he wasn't putting himself in position to get birdies. And then all of a sudden, it switched to like him just stuffing it right next to pins. Well, it's not anecdotal because throughout the year he well, I don't know where he ranked throughout the year, but after the tour championship, he ranked number one in strokes gained from <laughs> uh 
on approach shots. And I that's not number one shots. among like a small group of people. That's number one in the whole friggin' tour. Yeah. Yeah. And he had not, I, to my knowledge, I, I look at those stats pretty often. He had not been number one up to that point. Wow. So I guess he made his climb there. Um, do you yeah. think that that, do you think that we are going to see as, cause I've, one of my takes or one of my bold predictions is that I think Tiger Woods might have a similar uh, course. I think it might be unrealistic to think that the way he was playing at the end of the year is going to be able to, you know, copy and paste right when he gets started. And I am actually in my own curve and in my own set of expectations for Tiger Woods. I'm expecting a slow start. I would be surprised if he comes out and he's playing lights out golf at the beginning because it was the work and it was the grind. It was not being in the gym. It was losing weight. It was, I think the line that uh, I used with some friends is until Tiger starts changing five shirts around, then I'm not going to believe that Tiger's ready to win a major. But, it, but you have to warm up. Like, it's just my observation of Tiger Woods at his age, post all these surgeries at this point in his career, is like, uh, it, I find he is older than me, but I find it uh, to be something that I almost like relate to on a golf level in the round. Whereas you're getting older, you just, it takes a little while to get, to get heated up. And you just, it needs, it just it the game needs a little bit of work and it needs a little bit of real tournament play and it needs a little bit about of just getting out there and getting in it. But uh but other than that, I mean, do you, I don't think that Tiger's end of the year swing is realistic to expect when he starts uh being competitive in January. Yeah, I I think that's right. I think that's a really good place to land on all of this and I don't know if that's I think ultimately that's probably where I'll land as well. I haven't I haven't totally thought through all that, but yeah, I mean, I think that even even before this last season, you look back at Tory Pines a few years ago. You had the glute activation issue. You had you you've had all these like weird issues at the beginning of the season. To me, it's like, okay, how's he playing around the Masters? How's he playing? a tournament before the masters, two tournaments before the masters, two tournaments after the masters. And it's really, and especially this is going to be especially so in 2019 is how's he playing between Augusta and port rush. So you've got such, you've got this compact major season with Beth page. From April, yeah. From April 10th to, or April 5th or whatever to, uh, jo- to the end of July to August one. So that's what a hundred days essentially, where you've got all four majors, and how like like what is he like in that period of time? Because this year it was a little more stretched out, not a ton. He was great during that time. Like that's where he improved. That's where he got better. And I'm with you. Like I don't I don't really care if he plays the tournament of champions, which it kind of sounds like he will, which will be kind of interesting. Uh, I don't care if he finishes 28th. I don't care if he finishes 21st. Whatever, but. Are, if you're missing the cut at the Honda or the Arnold Palmer or somewhere like that, it's like, eh, okay, that, that's not good. You know, I, I think that's more the barometer of like what we should judge him by in 2019. Um, okay, so what was your you had you did A for progress? I think we've covered that, right? Just crazy yeah. to think what he was able to be to be able uh, to get himself in in so few months in less than a calendar year. Uh, to take his game from from where it looked 
to where he was. Achievements, I mean, A plus, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, ooh, we have a non-A grade. Defend yourself, Kyle. Well, it, it was the only thing that I could really find, and it was – so he was putting. He, he didn't – and, and he, it, this is hard because he ended the year 39th in putting, and if you're first in strokes gain on approach shots, 39th in putting is, is plenty good enough to win not only one tournament but multiple. And we saw that. He almost won multiple t- tournaments, and he did win the Tour Championship. I just thought it was it – was, uh, I don't know. It was inconsistent. I mean, we saw him. Where was it? I think Memorial. He was just so bad with his putter. Just awful. And then he's switching putters around, and he just never seemed like... He never seemed mentally uh, like he was... He just seemed to be bouncing around a lot for somebody who's... One of his strengths is kind of that uh, mental competitiveness, mental superiority, uh, in terms of, of confidence, uh, that he has over everybody else. I, that, that's a little bit of a question mark for me going into 2019. So 39th and putting is, is fine, especially for somebody like him, but it was the way he got to 39th. Uh, even though he improved over the year, he just never seemed totally locked in with it. Over under Tiger Woods wins 2019 calendar year. Point five. Over. One point five. Uh, I'll say he wins one more time. Two times. So he's two wins. No, no, no. So he so he wins once in twenty nineteen. Once in twenty eighteen. Once in twenty nineteen. Mm. Is it a major? The problem, well, the no, no. The, and here's the problem: is like so he played eighteen times last year. He's gonna play less. He's probably going to play 16, maybe 15, somewhere around there. Uh, there are fewer events. He's not going to play all the playoff events. Um, or excuse me, he is going to – there's only three playoff events this year. There was four last year. Uh, so he's going to play less there. There's just there's going to be fewer opportunities to win. And I think that the tournaments that he plays in, it's like, I mean, you got to beat – we went through that list earlier. Rom, yeah, yeah, Fleetwood, yeah, yeah. Roy, you got to beat all those guys in the same tournament. It's just hard to do. I mean, it just is. We talk about that all the time. So, fewer events, better fields. I say he wins once. All right. I'm going to go two wins. Two wins. No majors. No majors. Yeah. One, I'm going to say one, uh, one playoff win, maybe with his back against the wall to lock in a tour championship spot and, uh, and one regular season win. Maybe I will be. I'm gonna say it's in. I'm gonna say it's in July. Okay. What were you gonna you say? Might... Well, I was gonna say I will be on my deathbed preaching about how hard it is to win major championships. And Brooks Kepka will just be, just just be doing curls and uh, watching you watching you with a la- smile on his face. <laughs> I remember uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg had this thing during the PGA about how. In 20 years, we're going to be talking about how Brooks Koepka is going for his 11th major and and his 12th PGA Tour win, and uh, <laughs> and he was going to be like, he had this whole like elaborate deal about how he's going to be curling like the PGA Championship trophy and talking about how he's still disrespected even though even though he's working on his 11th major. It was so funny. I was just crying in the media center. It was hilarious. I I am like. 
And again, I, I don't want to lean too much into what next week and the week after's uh, you know episodes are going to be hitting on, but I got to think that you know Brooks, John Rom, to me is we said not one of the twelve that matter. Brooks Kepka might be like number eleven on the twelve that matter, and I think that I know. His, I, I think know. I think he and his evolution as a golf star. And that doesn't mean anything. And if you're a purist and if you're Brooks Kepka, you probably are like, shut up, Chip. All he has to do is go and win. Like, that's the only thing that matters in golf. But in a sport that deals with individual personalities and sponsorships that are tied to those individual personalities, the fact that Brooks Kepka is not a top one of the 10 biggest stars or recognizable faces despite his success, whatever the next step of that, I think that is probably one of my five or six most interesting storylines to track. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it. And and especially when you kind of compound it with the fact that he, he seems annoyed by it, by the fact that he doesn't get this attention. And it seems like, I mean, I always go back to the line by Chris, by Chris Solomon at no line up talking about how like DJ doesn't care. And Kepka wants you to know that he doesn't care. Mm hmm. And I think it's so true. And so I think the way that plays out is going to be in the year after he won two of the four majors with all these just superstars coming at him. Uh, I think I think that I think you're right. I think it's I think it might be even higher than that. I think it might be a top three or four storyline going into 2019. Uh, Kyle, I, I give you an A plus grade for this podcast. <laughs> Uh, listeners need to give us an A plus grade or a five star grade on the on the reviews. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Leave us a review. Give us five stars. I mean, we we are giving you five star quality content, and so <laughs> we would like a five star review in return. Um, we we are thankful. We, we've got a loyal audience, man. They they come they come for uh, whether whether it's a whether it's a Tiger Week or, or whether we're breaking down Bryson DeChambeau. We we appreciate all of our loyal listeners uh, who who rock with us. So as we're, uh, Oh, go ahead. No, I know, I know that my, my Oklahoma state people that listen to this and, and read the Oklahoma state site that I run, uh, following Mike Gundy, they're not used to four and five star things. Um, (laughs) Yeah. If if they could, if they could, uh, leave us a, a five star review anyway on iTunes, that would be, that would be great. Go pokes. Yeah. What's uh what's what's Oklahoma State's bowl game again? Uh, we, we don't need to get into this. Liberty Bowl. Liberty Bowl. Are you gonna go? I don't know. I'm I I I haven't decided. Oklahoma State's pretty good in bowl games. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they're underachieving in the regular season. <laughs> the dirty secret to Oklahoma State being a lock. <laughs> To pick in They're, bowl pools is that they have actually <laughs> sandbagged the process by blowing games they should have won, so they end up in lower bowls. That they have, uh, I think they have like the third or fourth best bowl record ever, minimum like twenty games or twenty five games. <laughs> it's kind of astounding. It's like it's like Ole Miss, Florida State, and Oklahoma State. I mean, go Pokes. You get yeah, it. Great. Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. <laughs>